Lead Time is a weekly dose of leadership insights and interviews from Tim Allman and Jake Bessling. Lead Time is for any leader living in a busy world looking to be inspired, equipped, and empowered to lead others to their fullest potential. This is Lead Time. Welcome to Lead Time. We are overjoyed that you have chosen to listen today wherever you are. Please, if you enjoy what you hear, share it with a friend who needs to hear it, who really needs to listen to it. I'm Jake. And I am Tim. And we are pumped that you are here today. We have an amazing guest, a sweet sister in Christ has been a partner with us for a number of years now, Kathy Bishop. She is a licensed biblical counselor who's walked alongside dozens of our members, along with her other team counselors there through Arizona Biblical Counseling. Pastor, leader, church leader, if you don't have a partner to care for your flock and to walk alongside them deeply through the ups and downs of life, you're really, really missing out. And we are so thankful for our partnership with Arizona Biblical Counseling. We're talking about listening today. Yes, Kathy. Biblical Counseling of Arizona. Well, sorry about that. BCA. (laughs) BCA, I love it. Biblical Counseling. So look it up. Yeah, you can. Biblical Counseling of Arizona. I think it's .org, right? Biblical Counseling Arizona. Yes, you're right. AZ. Nonprofit. Yeah. And all these notes will be on our show notes. Today we're talking about listening. Listening. Do you have a hard time listening deeply? I know I often do. I was just actually on a drive into record this podcast and my kids were talking about Valentine's and things. Uh, and, and they actually are in this stage where, will you be my Valentine? Jake, would you? No. Um, wow. Kathy, you know, and yes. they're talking about the ups and downs <laughs> of, of the, this relationship, kind of their fifth, sixth, you know, seventh grade. <laughs> they're talking about this. And, and I was, I was thinking only about you, Kathy. Mm-hmm. And it was, mm-hmm, Yeah. Oh, that's sweet. And I got all those things like hardwired patterned into me mm-hmm. that I cannot be. I can act like I am. And here's the reality for them. They're going to call me out. They probably were slightly hurt, but then they here, here's what happens over time, right? They probably won't talk to me mm-hmm. as deeply uh, about their their ups and downs or relationship stuff if that habit continues. So I'm going to kick that habit and spend that five minutes on that drive focusing solely on my, my little ones. So do you, listener, have a hard time listening. Uh, Jake, what resonates with you as we talk about listening? Yeah, I was just saying to you guys before we started recording, but I'll tell you now, watching a video about just the use of cell phones, mm-hmm. and um, we put those in front of our kids earlier and earlier. Uh, the Now they're calling Generation Alpha, zero to six-year-olds that are just growing up with cell phones in their face. And it's really wiring their brain to have a dopamine hit. Yeah. Um, as we talk about brain studies here, that they're just looking for it and they're looking for it. And it, it helps you lose focus, helps you lose focus, which is really a hurt to you. And so, you know, in the workplace, uh, it's hard to say, I want to be present. This is my priority. And so it's hard in the home life as well. But let's say your workplace. So for me, um, if someone walks in my office, but I'm already uh, typing something and then my phone's out, my watch, um, I have a Garmin watch similar to Apple watch that cues you every time something hits your phone. Mm. It's so distracting. Yeah. So turn off all those notifications, take your cell phone and put it away at certain times when you're around people That's that right. you need to focus on to show them 
that you respect them, that you care for them. So I'm glad to look around our table here and see no cell phones. And, uh, <laughs> and yeah, as we enter into this conversation. So Kathy, tell us a little bit about how you got into counseling and a little bit of your story too, to give our listeners a little background for all the things we're going to talk about today. Love it. So I, um, I've been married to my husband for 36 years and we have mm. three kids and mm. they're all grown. I have four grandkids and one on the way. I'm so excited, but the, the best, most significant thing that's ever happened to me is I came to know Jesus Christ as my savior. Mm. And, um, I worked in radio, so this is so fun to do a podcast. <laughs> I worked at KNIX, a country station and Whoa. cool radio, classic rock. I, and I can see it. Katie KB hey. worked in that. <laughs> How um, long ago was that? Yeah. Oh, many years ago. Let's wow. see. Yeah. When 20. I was in my twenties and KB. early thirties. Yeah. Boy. Yeah. That was a wild, wild venture. You do sound good on here. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, I was, um, I mentored and counseled for many years after I became a believer. And then I went through the certification process to be a biblical counselor in 2012. And, uh, then I began this business biblical counseling of Arizona BCA in 2015. And I'm the director of 10 certified biblical counselors. And we have offices throughout the East Valley. We're growing and that's really exciting. And the amount of people are growing because I really believe God is doing this movement that um, he's helping people to see that they can live the Christian life, get out of their anxieties, depressions, grief, whatnot, but using the word of God. And so, okay, so my passion yeah. for biblical counseling. Yeah, and I want to hear, how long did that uh, counseling track, the biblical counseling track take to complete? If some of our listeners are thinking, maybe that could be for me. Not long. Okay. So um, it took me two years, but that's, as an older woman, I you know, just couldn't do it. But I've had a lot of people um, only go one year. Mm -hmm. It was not long at all. And so you have supervised care. Um, somebody's following through you through a variety of people that you're working with. And they um, it's a very good certification. Love it. How many yeah. hours do you have to sit with a counselor and hear and listen and observe? 50 hours. 50 hours. Okay. 50 hours. Very yeah. cool. We have one of our own in our congregation that's mm -hmm. entering the program. So that's awesome to hear. And many more could do that. Now you told your story about uh, receiving the grace of God, uh, uh, becoming a believer, a child of mm -hmm. God. And then you kind of went, Hey, I started to be, you know, want to be a counselor. Mm -hmm. What was that journey? Like, how did that passion develop from being saved and then saying, I want to be a counselor? What was the, the trigger there? What passion. So I, my, my own experience. Yeah. So I became a believer and I thought everybody should become a believer in okay. Jesus Christ by, you know, changed and, and uh, living for him. And, and my husband had no interest. Mm. So I was in despair, just distraught. How, what am I doing wrong? What, what's, what is it about me? And my friend said, well, it, it's because you're thumping the Bible over his head and you keep talking to him about things he's not interested in. How about this? Follow first Peter chapter three. Okay. And so I began being that quiet woman to a man who is not obeying or interested in the word. And through that, I, I remember him just being like this slow melt. He reminded me of this icy cold heart and this slow melt as I walked out the word without saying much, then he just came to know Jesus. And he attributes that as how he has come to know Christ and been changed himself. 
Wow. So good. Yeah. It's a precious story. Mm -hmm. Wow. Your, uh, your patience for your loved one and uh, Mm. Jesus has worked in you in a marvelous way. So let's get a little bit more nitty gritty about the counseling approach that you take. What differentiates biblical counseling from maybe folks have gone to just secular counselors in general? Talk about that. Excellent question. So um, there are step programs. There are a variety of things where you see behavior change. Um, It's called behavior modification techniques or cognitive behavioral strategies. And we do want change, right? We're all happy when a drunk gets off the road because we're safer. Sure. However, when you want lasting change, as a believer, we can be stuck in these bad habits anyway. And so after you have a relationship with Christ, then you have ability Hmm. to really follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Um, And then you can look for biblical approaches. So we don't go to a, a founder of counseling like Freud or Erickson or Rogers or Variety. We go to the Bible <laughs> because we know the author of the Bible and he gives us lasting change. And, and um, so God uses the spirit, the word of God, other believers, the organized church to just help us to walk through change. And, uh, and we do see that the founder of our our um, solid rock through the word of God is that is God almighty. So good. Yeah. I was with a, 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 um, or a person that had received your counseling recently and they were like, I was kind of expecting clinical counseling because that's what they're used to. But wow, um, we really went to the Bible and uh, it, it tuned my heart toward the things of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I, I cried a little bit and I shared a little bit and um, we took a walk and looked at some different stuff and just, it was out of the ordinary from the clinical way. And it was a gift to this person. Um, cause it was just so different. And in our mind, it's centered on Jesus and the word and that works. Amen. So there's a lot of struggle out there. And mm-hmm. if you're listening, maybe you're thinking, man, of these different people that are struggling, many people though struggle to listen deeply and offer biblical counseling for their brothers and sisters in Christ. Maybe like, I'm not a counselor. I can't go through the two-year program. So what tips would you give to those listeners, and that's all of us, to help foster this spiritual sensitivity and the gifting of um, listening to them? How do they do that? That's awesome. That listening deeply, that demonstrates love. Um, okay. And and so I've got a, a really, I think, a good little way for you to remember yes. this. So <clears throat> you take your hand all right, and you think about the first part of your hand is um, your thumb. I like it. All right. So you're anchored. That's your anchor. Without your thumb, you can't do much. Hmm. You are anchored in Christ. Okay. You are changed because of what Jesus Christ has done in your life. Okay. So then you take your first finger and that's focus. And then you're focusing on the person. You know why I know that you two are, are focused on me. We're doing what you're doing with your hands. Yeah. And I'm yeah, pointing at you with that focus doing, finger. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're kind of walking along this with me. You're looking at me. Yeah. Your, your bodies are kind of focused and, and looking and, and toward me. Um, I feel cared for right there. 
You, there's that focus. And uh, if you were up thumbing through your papers or if you had your cell phone in front of you, I would not feel that you're focused on me. And probably I'd be right. You okay. Be. Yeah. So we've got anchoring, then we go focus. And then the middle finger is summarizing. So listening deeply involves listening so much that you could say what I just said. Yeah. Right. And so in other words, okay, you're driving your kids to, to school mm-hmm. and your kids and one of your kids says, Oh, um, I, I'm kind of sad. I, I think I blew my test, uh, yesterday and you stop and don't lecture. <laughs> you stop and grab yourself and you summarize just what, what he's just said. So you think you might have not done well on your test. You're just summarizing, not parroting. You're not mimicking them, right? You're not saying those Mm -hmm. exact same words. You're summarizing what they said. Okay, Mm -hmm. so then comes inviting. So then you're inviting more information. It's hard to do that with your fingers. (laughs) Try it, folks. That ring finger. (laughs) Stretch. And that ring finger is saying, I'm inviting you. I want to hear your Tim threw his hands down. (laughs) I'm proud of you. We're going to watch Kathy's hands. I'm inviting you. You're inviting. Tell me more. Son, tell me more. Even those three words, tell me more, invites him in. And then you've got maybe two minutes more and you, you're right at the house or at, at the school. And then you're saying to him, you know what? Let's talk about this a little bit more, further later on. And then you design a date to ask more questions. And that date, hmm. meaning you're going to go deeper. You're going to ask open-ended questions, um, questions that begin with, um, what are your thoughts about that? Um, how are you doing with that? Not closed questions, which involve a yes or no answer. Right. So that's a def. So you start with your thumb that's anchored in Christ and you go to your first finger and focusing your attention. And then your third finger is summarizing yeah. Yeah. and then inviting. inviting. Good. Awesome. And then last one is asking, asking more questions so you can go deeper. So that's listening deeply. In fact, I really believe that's incarnating Christ. You and I look through the Gospels. Yeah. We're going to find out that's how Christ did it, right? Incarnation. Sure. He left heaven, left the Mm -hmm. glory of heaven in order to become flesh. John 1, right? That's right. And... He became like us. He jumped into our shoes. And then we incarnate Christ when we listen deeply and jump into somebody else's shoes. It's a glorifying thing. Counseling should be biblical. How you, how, what do you think about I that? I like it. <laughs> I like it. I love it. So every human being, that's so good. And again, we'll throw up those five key points for listening deeply uh, on our show notes. Every human being is a work in progress. Jake mm-hmm. and I, we've far from arrived. Uh, we actually never arrive as human beings until Jesus returns to make us whole again. We all have places of brokenness and, and deep pain and need. This means that we need help from Jesus and obviously uh, the body of Jesus, the church, to help us as we grow. Growing is often painful. Change Mm -hmm. leads to conflict and pain and really requires deep soul care work. It's amazing this day and age how, and I think our phones are affecting it and our lack of ability to go deep with people, but self-awareness. We've talked about self-awareness a lot. So on the one hand, I'm disappointed with myself, with how I responded to my kids 
this morning on the way in. Mm. But on the other hand, I'm proud of myself because the Holy Spirit has opened my eyes to see, hey, that's that's not good, you know. So we don't want to go down that path and be non-mindful for what God is working. But a lot of times I need other people within the body of Christ to help me see those those blind spots, those uh, change opportunities. So how do you lovingly, Kathy, help those whom you counsel identify and then strategize for personal growth, for, for deeper self-awareness? And that's, that's a huge and good question. So your strategizing and growing is what we're doing a lot in the counseling office, but anyone can do that. They have God as their anchor. They can do this. You can learn to do this even without a certification. So if I'm listening well, if I'm asking good questions, if I'm understanding the person in front of me, if I'm really hearing their heart, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. I'm starting to hear their heart, starting to hear where their struggles are. And then as I'm listening and guiding, actually they're providing their own strategy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm writing it down. I'm listening to what they have given me from their heart. They're, uh, then they're, what we do is we just try to think of better practices. We go to the Word of God and say, okay, you know, so you're struggling with um, loving your husband. Let's, let's see, wh- how do you want to love him? And then there, you're, by those questions, then I can also say, well, this is what God says, and this is how you can love him better. Um, we think through these practices, a Christ-centered approach is going to be what they want, just like what you said. I was convicted and I didn't have to go down that deep, dark spiral. Shame. I could, yeah, I didn't, I don't have to go there. Now you can, it's not wise. It's not going to be helpful. <laughs> God is not honored in that. However, you can go to this conviction is leading me toward Christ. Right. He is my redeemer and he gives me better results. He gives me the better relationships. And, and that's how I am. Um, and you and all of us are able to be a light in a dark world. Amen. Amen. God is so good to give us the word and the, the spirit inside of us as Christians to then be able to discern and sit in the midst of that, not fix, but, uh, reflect Jesus to them. And, um, so many, um, church leaders out there, pastors, um, count, uh, youth ministers, staff members uh, might interact with uh, different people and then send them to counseling um, or someone just comes into counseling. And a lot of times for you and your philosophy, it seems that you would say, hey, what what a, what kind of church life do you have? What kind of community life do you have? And so counseling is not replacing church at all, of mm-hmm. course. Um, but why is it such a high value to you to point uh, the people you counsel back to a church community? Because I love God, right? First thing I'm anchored. And, and this is what he says. So, um, let's think of a three-legged stool. All right. All right. So God says prayer, prayer increases communication with him. So we're praying to him. We're also looking to his word. This is God's word, this love letter to us. So we're looking that we're building relationship, but then we need that flesh and blood I need to shake your hand. I need to hug somebody, right? That's where that church community. So being anchored in those three things is going to lead them forward. So you think of um, today, commitment is rare. 
Mm. Commitment to church is rare. We're blessed that your church is growing so much. It's so fun to be here. But but really, commitment is, is staggeringly low. And uh, and yet God wants commitment from us. So how do you how do you put those things together? Well, when you come to a quality church and you, you feel connected to God through the mass, um, through, through singing God's word together, through that, that unity that, that God builds is lifting his name up. You don't feel alone. Uh, you don't feel like you are afraid. There's a power in numbers and that's just how God made us. So, and then going to journey groups, uh, during the week, that's a big deal. Um, God builds up our spiritual muscle by serving. So many times if someone is a brand new believer, I say, go be a helper in Sunday school. Mm-hmm. You're like a newborn babe, right? Born again. You're, you're, you need to go listen to those little stories. I don't care if you're 70 years old. Go and, and sit and just kind of help out. Don't be a lead teacher, but go and listen there. And, and um, your, your church also is a protection for you. Hmm. You you need to be around other believers if there's some really crazy things going on in your home. You need guidance and and that church home is a protection. Your church becomes your best friend and the best friend to the community. Hmm. Wow. So yeah, the three-legged stool, so <laughs> prayer, word of God and the church, the community. We all need that community. We're wired for community is what I hear you saying. Mm-hmm. And uh you tell a lot of people that you're counseling uh, if they're then they're in church something about the sermon, you know, and a lot of times you're like, well, the sermon's really not about my life. I mean, they're not preaching about my mess up there, but um, tell us about your perspective then with what the sermon or the word of God that's being read that day. How do you help people um, see what God's trying to tell them through that sermonic event? That's, it is exactly it. God uses the sermon. He uses those amazing things. Look in the book of Ezra. I mean, remember when finally the word of God was brought back, they were brought to tears. Mm. And, and it does. I, I was just talking to someone the other day and she said, I really felt that pastor was talking to me. She said, it was like a floodgate had opened. And, and, he, and she said, did you call my pastor? Did you talk to him? I said, no, I didn't. She <laughs> said, well, he was talking to me. He was telling my story. And, uh, and I said, that's the Holy Spirit at work in your life. Mm. This, is, this is God. This is how he moves. And she again was brought to tears. This is an amazing work and of an amazing God. God, using the body of believers to just spur her on to uh, oh, no, growing no, no, no. in Christ. Now, on the opposite, what if someone's like, I, I'm not getting anything out of this? Yeah, we can become consumers. Uh, I'm going to go the best thing. I'm going to go to, uh, you know, the best store around. I want to go to the best sermon around. Well, you guys have the best sermon. So, <laughs> you know, um, Tim, Tim yeah. so that's oh. that's one of the big things is commitment. We just talked about commitment. Mm -hmm. You're committed not to your entertainment or not to what's going on in front of you. You're committed to Christ through God's people. And God uses that to continue to build you up. You know, it's sad, Kathy, that the average rate per month of a regular worshiper has gone from really three to 3.5 times a month. And really folks, 
just a generation or two prior said regular for me. If I'm in town, I'm in church. But today there are so many things competing that people call themselves a regular worshiper. 1.5 times a month, they're in the house of the Lord receiving the word of God and Christian fellowship and community. So it's it's no wonder, right? And the evil one, I think, just grins. He laughs. He's like, ha we got him distracted by all these things, kids, athletic events, and these phones, this extraordinary busyness that they don't really have time for God's word and, and Christian fellowship. So I'm very thankful here. And we actually do some monitoring of, of the consistency of the people of God here. And, and I think we're bucking that trend. The, you look out on a regular Sunday and you see a lot of the same people right. when they're in town sitting at the exact that we do this. We're creatures of habits in the exact same spot, uh, yearning for God to reveal his, his mercy and grace to them. So good. So, well, we certainly respect confidentiality, Kathy. Could you give us a story or two of radical life transformation as people were counseled biblically? And so I want to give you an example of someone who has not gone to this particular church. Your church family might Thanks. be listening in. Yeah. So um, I'll talk about a, a lady I'll call Brenda. Um, she was in a denomination for many years, and uh, she actually was adopted from China. All of her family was adopted from China. Or excuse me. Two of them were adopted from China. Others were adopted from a variety of places in the United States. And she grew up in a home of rules. Mm. And uh, when she followed the rules, she got freedom. Well, if you if you do what I say, then you get freedom. There was not much grace in that home. And uh, and her, her story was kind of like a, a Cinderella story. Well, Brenda followed the rules so much that it got her a really good husband. She followed those rules that she obeyed him to the T. And it was, she thought, just an amazing godly marriage until he left her. So he left her for another woman and she was in despair. She comes in with severe depression. She can't move forward. She can't go to work because now she has to work. You know, her ticket to a good life is now gone and, and, and he's nowhere to be found and he's not, you know, giving her anything, any help. And, uh, and when we were, we worked through loss, we looked through grief and she began to see that she was putting her hope in people. Mm. And people gave her good things when she obeyed their rules, okay? And she realized that she was putting her hope and her trust in her husband. And yet she's a believer. And so she needed to put her hope and trust in God. So it's funny how I was in... um, uh, Exodus this morning, Exodus 35. Wow. And they, and it was talking about God through his word is talking about how, you know, there, there are rules that you, you know, you follow, but God, even the old Testament continued to say to, but I'm a God of mercy and compassion. And then of course we go into the new Testament and, and Jesus says, I'm going to fulfill the law. Right. And, and so we went back to that is, you know, who is your God? Is it a God of rules and regulations and, 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 and entering into that so that you get these good things? In fact, her God, the one that she had developed was a God of transaction. I do this. You give me that. Well, that's not the God you and I love. The God of grace gives us what we don't deserve. We all deserve hell, right? right. And yet we get Jesus, 
We get a relationship with God. We get heaven. And so through that process of understanding where she was and where she could be, uh, using the word of God, she realized that she could forgive her husband. She could move forward. Now, it doesn't happen overnight. God, the Holy Spirit sometimes does that, but, but many times it's just unraveling these old habits that she had and developing new habits, new rhythms, new rhythms or, or habits of grace. So within your own rhythm of counseling then, um, and speaking then to people that listen well and take on a lot of those stories, like you just shared, you were sitting in the midst of Brenda's story, hearing all of this week after week or month after month. How do you, number one, how do you not then become either, um, in despair, depressed, um, and, and yes, you're, you're grounded with Jesus and, and you're, you're good and secure and you're not trying to fix them, but how do you, is there a time where in your rhythm as a counselor, you have to dump all this to someone else's feet, like interpersonally? How, what's a rhythm where how do you get fed and, and, and helped? And I mean, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you what do you do in that rhythm of life? So um, in that you rhythm, hear a lot of people's mm-hmm. junk and it could be really hard. <laughs> yeah. And so being older is a help. Um, being older and understanding that I'm not God and I can't fix their problems, that they get to go through this hard thing and they have the, the beauty, the opportunity to own it. And that does help because I have been through a lot of hard things in my life. So, so age does help wisdom, but yeah, wisdom with age, um, but also I have a good husband who listens a lot good. and he guides a lot. And I do submit to his leadership and I, I want to listen to how God is using him even in, in my work. And, and that is a huge help. I also have mentors good. that I can go to. I have um, a, even a lady from here um, that I talk to about regular things. I have a couple other ladies that I go to coffee with regularly and ask them about particular areas of my life where I, mm. I need help. I also um, am mentoring, apprenticing. And uh, so that's another part of, of being within the church body that all of a sudden you have opportunities to take somebody and say, come with me. I'm, I'm following somebody. You follow me. And this process continues to go Amen. on. So you have people you're pouring into. Yes. You have mentors who are, have been in a different place than you are. And, uh, and you've got community life, people that you just care for and, and love. You are a healthy leader. So give us a little bit, just about a minute on your morning rhythm. We talk about morning rhythms an awful lot here. What's your morning rhythm with Jesus look like? So you can serve and give out of the overflow of God's word. My morning rhythm is waking up at the same time every day. I like it. That's the, the consistency really helps. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, I've gone to, to bed about the same time every night and uh, I wake up naturally. I, I think that that's a really help to me, mm-hmm. good help to me. Um, morning rhythms mean um, uh, part of it is looking at the toothbrush and saying, okay, while I am brushing my teeth, I am revisiting my memory verses. 
and I am also doing squats. So that's just I'm I'm taking very practical things in life. When I turn the shower on, I'm waiting it waiting for it to get hot. I'm doing push-ups, and that's uh, awesome. Those isn't that funny? Just trying to get those hooks. How really how can I do this hook? When I go downstairs and I start the smoothies, um, I'm I'm. Um, doing mobility uh, stretches. So those kind of things hook me into just real life and living in the moment of uh, where God has me. And of course, memorizing God's word just lifts me up. Uh, I could I could recite right now, which I won't, First uh, Corinthians chapter 15, 1 through 8. Right now it's the gospel because I've been doing that every morning. Um, prayer, I, I pray every morning. I get up in time so that I can can pray to the one I love the most and and demonstrate that to him and also Happy Valentine's right? really Today really Valentine's. yeah Valentine's my love my love this. yeah oh, the, the God that I love and then of course reading his Bible reading the Word of God really helps I I really believe in journaling too oh, wow so Maybe you just heard listener like yes. This just oozed out of her. One, don't miss the connection between taking care of our physical temple and our spiritual center and connecting your daily habits to a, a spiritual invitation to Jesus. You brush your teeth. You get your water. These are all spiritual things that Squats. Jesus yearns to enter and into. <laughs> yeah. Squat. And, and push-ups and as the showers Squat. getting... And brush. <laughs> Squat. <laughs> with us. So, so beautiful. Um, that we're coming down the home stretch here, awesome. and you are very, very healthy. You just kind of moved into that. Our listeners just had KJ Strews on last week talking about um, some physical habits, and we're going to have you on again mm. and talk more about your holistic habits because there's a lot for you to say there through the ups and downs of life. So right now, you talked about apprenticing. Who are you? These are some questions we like mm. to ask at the end. Who are you apprenticing, and who's apprenticing you? So actual names? Sure. So I am, I'm apprenticing Tracy and it sounds like Jessica also. And then, um, uh, apprenticing me is, um, Holly, mm-hmm. one of your own. Um, also, uh, Patty from my church home. Um, I have, of course, a mom that's still living. She is, mm-hmm. she is involved in mentoring in my life. And, uh, and I, I do believe in that apprenticing is a, a big deal. That's amazing. What books are you currently reading? I am reading, I, I love counseling books. So Unstuck by Timothy Lane. Yeah. It's a great, great book on counseling, but also a book that I don't really love, um, but is very good for me to enter into is um, The Last Lion, a story about Woodrow Wilson. So I'm reading about World War One and World War Two, and I'm kind of expanding my knowledge. About uh, history. So good. <laughs> Biographies. Finally, what word of advice would you have for a young leader who may be struggling to listen deeply? Go on a grace hunt, oh. not on a sin hunt. You have you have someone who's made in the image of God right in front of you, and you are looking for God's grace in their life. And boy, is that a beautiful thing. Wow. That was amazing to have you on this show. Um, Listener, you're going to want to watch or listen to this again. 
And again, to take some of those uh, highlights, uh, to be present with people, to listen, to put the distractions away, and really to focus on the fact that Jesus has claimed you and owned you and lives inside of you, and is going to give you everything you need to listen well uh, to, to your friends and family, and to not control them, but to release them to Jesus in all situations. Kathy, you are a gift to the church, uh, to you. us. And um, the joy that you have um, exudes from the time you wake up to brush and squat uh, to the time you uh, sit there in that chair to listen well to other people. So thank you for that gift to us and to the church. Um, Next time on Lead Time, Pastor Tim and myself are going to be talking about two inevitable things, conflict, because when people are around, they're sinners, and conflict's going to happen. So how do you do conflict well? And then how do you change? Uh, What are some change uh, management and mechanisms that we can use uh, in and out of the church uh, to move along to the mission of Jesus? So join us next time on on Lead Time. Peace. It's a joy to have you with us, Kathy. Peace of the Lord. You have been listening to Lead Time with Tim and Jake. Please subscribe at cglchurch.org backslash lead time. Thanks for listening. Tune in next Monday for another episode.